Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Words with Dani podcast. My name is Daniela, and you're listening to episode two of Words with Dani podcast. And today, I would like to talk about authenticity in today's society. But before I move to that subject, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about me, because. I think I haven't even fully introduced myself in the first episode. I'm 29 years old. I'm turning 30 in March, and I'm a writer. I'm a singer. I'm a rapper. I write poetry. I'm writing a book. It's a poetry book mixed with personal stories about myself, about my life, with authenticity as the main subject. So I'm very excited about that. Also, I'm a social worker. Today, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that as well. And I'm from a town called Enschede. It's in the east of the Netherlands, and I moved to the Hague, where I live now, about three and a half years ago. I moved here during lockdown, and it gave me a lot of time to think, to talk to myself, to come up with new ideas. And here I am, three and a half years later, starting this podcast. So, like I said, today's episode is about authenticity in today's society. Let me first start off by answering the question: What being authentic is to me? To me, it means being completely yourself, being completely honest. And for me. This has been quite a difficult theme because I find it hard to know what the truth is in the first place. If you've heard me in my first episode, you know a little bit about my background and the fact that I've been raised in a Syrian Orthodox family, meaning that I grew up religiously. And since my teenage years, I've been struggling with guilt. Every time I wanted to be authentic by Choosing my own path, a path that wasn't necessarily orthodox, let's say, I felt extremely guilty, which also caused me to ignore my feelings and numb myself down so I wouldn't have to feel guilt, which caused me to lead myself to paths that I regretted later on. So I always believed that choosing for myself would mean that I had to suffer. There's no other way, you know. Choosing for yourself means suffering, and feeling guilt and shame to me was a sign of being on the wrong path. Now, this is where it gets difficult. How was I supposed to believe that being authentic by choosing my own path was something to be celebrated uh, if it brought me a lot of negative feelings? Maybe I was being tricked by the devil himself by wanting to choose my own path and, you know, examine the values I was taught to believe in since I was a little child. Now my rational mind always knew that this was nonsense. I was thinking to myself,、oh, God would want me to examine my own life, and He wouldn't want me to feel guilty about it because that's what causes people to grow, right? I'm sure that God wouldn't be mad at me because if I, 
If me, a simple human being like myself, can forgive another person for their mistakes and understand where their behavior is coming from, even after doing the worst thing ever, then God certainly can understand them. So God can certainly understand me, I thought. So yeah, I'm kind of going off topic right now, but to come back to the topic of authenticity, I believe that being authentic has not so much to do with knowing the big truths of life, because that's something we will never really agree on, but it has more to do with showing up and communicating in the way you truly are. I've looked up the meaning of authenticity and here's what it says. Authenticity is the quality of being genuine or real. The word authenticity is the state of someone or something being authentic or legitimate and true. So yeah, this would mean that you can also be genuine when you're saying, yeah, I don't know, I have no clue. I do not have all the answers. Yay, happy me. But uh, let's say you do have some answers, yeah? It's a simple fact that some people know more than others. I'm happy that people know more than I do, otherwise I wouldn't grow in life, you know? Uh, I am the person I am today, and I have beautiful traits, mainly because of great writers or great scientists or great speakers or just people who have gone through things in life and have experience, way more experience than I have. Some people believe in things which might be harmful or dangerous even. So, you know, I believe it's important for human beings to help other human beings to correct their minds when they see that they're becoming victims of their minds. So, something that I didn't mention in the first episode is that I'm a social worker. I usually work with people with very low self-esteem, addiction problems, PTSD, uh, ADHD, heavy traumas, and uh, other things that cause a human being to live in their shadow instead of stepping into the light, if I may put it that way. And as a social worker, it's my responsibility to make my patients rethink their beliefs about themselves and about the world, especially when these beliefs are forming a problem in their life. And I do this by confronting them, because that's the only way that you can do it. But that can be very hard because people feel very easily offended nowadays. So that's also what I want to talk about. How can you be authentic in a society that is asking more and more of you to be careful with the things you say? Think uh, cancel culture, toxic femininity slash masculinity, you know, things like that. Even comedy, certain jokes people get canceled for. Um, or think LGBTQ+, anything. And my question is also, is it our responsibility to be careful with our words 
because another person might perceive it as hurtful or rude or inappropriate or toxic. My answer to that, as a social worker, and even if I wouldn't be a social worker, but I think it has a lot to do with the knowledge I have about this topic today, my answer would be no. It is not our responsibility. We should be able to express ourselves in the way we want without having the fear of stepping on other people's toes. Because when another person is hurt because you are being your authentic self, because you are being real, without you having bad intentions at all, then that is what the conversation should be about, if, it's, if you're asking me. Because if a simple human being, like myself, has the power to make you feel worthless, not seen, or not good enough, yeah, that's a big issue. Because you're making yourself a victim of what another imperfect human being, like yourself, is saying. And that's dangerous, you know? No one should give another human being the power to make themselves feel worthless, or even worthy. You know, that's also dangerous. Don't count on compliments too much for your own self-worth. That's a very tricky thing. Don't be too dependent on other people's opinions of you. Also, when someone is traumatized because of bullying, physical or verbal abuse and such, they become very sensitive to criticism. They tend to see things as a personal attack instead of something that they can think about. You don't have to immediately take in what another person is saying. You know, you don't immediately have to see it as a truth because that's unhealthy as well. But if you see it as a personal attack all the time, you know, that's very dangerous because now you're basically saying, I'm the victim here and you should shut your mouth. And that's no way to live. Let me give you an example, a practical example from the clinic where I work. So I work in a detox clinic, a rehab clinic for young people from the age of 14 until the age of 23. And in this example, I want to talk about a patient who got really mad because my colleague said to him, yeah, she, she gave an example about, uh, uh, about her own life. And it was to prove a point. So she said something, and after that she said, well, lucky for me that I'm not that sensitive to addiction. That was the sentence. Lucky for me that I'm not so sensitive to addiction. And the way he responded, whoa, he was so offended about what she said. So he wanted to talk to me about it. Like, hey, yo, listen, that colleague of yours, I don't know what's gotten into her, but she is arrogant. She's so full of herself. She has no idea what she's talking about. And this is wrong. And she should really reconsider why she's doing this job in the first place. Like if she's here bragging about how she is not sensitive to addiction, then, then what is she doing here? And I saw the anger 
in in the way that he said it, and I saw his suffering as well. I could tell that he was really holding in his tears, and uh, I told him, "Hey, I I see that you're suffering, and I see that you're very upset about what happened. That's not cool, you know. And but please allow me." to show you what I see as well. And uh, maybe you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm really saying this with my best interest for you. And he looked me straight in the eyes, holding his breath. And I said, look, this is a tough society, yeah? Eight weeks from now, you will be out of this place. You will be back home, back into society with a lot of people who will not understand your addiction. Yeah, they will not show mercy to you like we do here in the clinic. There will be people, colleagues, institutions, maybe even your friends and family who will just not understand where your behavior is coming from and will still call you a pothead or junkie or worse even what are you going to do? You know, it would be a shame if you would let whatever they are saying affect you in a way that your whole day is ruined or maybe your whole week or more even. Do not give other people that power. You know, I told told him like, hey, I know my colleague. I'm very sure that she didn't mean it in a bad way. Uh, She has so much experience in this. And this is also what science is saying. Theoretically speaking, if you would believe this theory behind addiction, then yes, some people are less sensitive to addiction than other people. And I looked at him and he was still so, so tense. And and I told him like, hey, there's something else happening to you. I believe that it's not even about her saying this because there's something happening to you. I can tell by the look on your face. I can tell when I, you're almost crying. He didn't really get what I was saying. He was still very much in his anger. But (laughs) later on that evening, he walked up to me and said that he wasn't upset anymore. He apologized. He said, yeah, it was actually very confronting what she said. And, uh, you know, I have been struggling with this myself. You know, I'm trying to tell myself that it's not true. It's not true. And it's trauma. And you know, it is also trauma. Of course it's trauma. Most of the addiction comes from trauma, from deep-rooted pain that that happened in the first five years of your life and after that as well. Like it's not something that you are necessarily born with, but some other people, yeah, they are born with it. And it's a very harsh reality. Uh, Life is unfair and it will always be. That's just a simple but hurtful reality of life. And you can't expect every human being to like you or to agree with you or to share the same vision as you. We don't live in a utopia. But this example also shows that even from a social worker who has the best interest for her clients, for her patients... Even the things that a social worker says can come across as hurtful. Now, I'm not saying that every social worker is the same. You know, honestly, I believe that a lot of social workers have a lot of inner work to do before they get to their jobs and start 
telling other people how to live their lives. That's just the simple truth of it as well. I don't think that being confronted by being authentic necessarily has to do with people having bad intentions. Usually it's almost never the case. Nine out of 10 people will never just say something to make it worse for themselves. You know, why would they do that? Why would they ruin their own days as well by, by upsetting another per person just because of the fun of it? But yeah, I've been there too. Constantly pointing my finger to the person who was responsible for my pain. So it's not that I don't understand it. I understand very well. I was pointing my finger to the people who were responsible for the fact that I was the one who had to go to therapy while they were still walking freely, unaware of the damage they had caused. It felt so unfair. Why me? I screamed to my therapist. Why am I the one in this chair right now while they still don't have a fucking clue about all the negativity and harm they are causing? Why am I the one who is working so damn hard to be a healthy adult while they ha don't even have a clue of everything that they are still causing in this world? That was the way that I looked at the world. I was very upset. I was bitter. I was hurt. But after years of hard work on myself, a lot of reflecting and working with patients who show patterns that I recognized because I had these patterns when I was younger, uh, I realized that maybe I'm the lucky one. I'm the lucky one for having the privilege of being able to work on myself for having the awareness of all the unnecessary suffering so that I can be the one who breaks the cycle now. And that's a beautiful thing. And it is an important thing to understand because if I really want authenticity in my life, I got to accept the fact that there's going to be harsh things thrown at me from other people who believe that they're being authentic as well when they're saying the things that they're saying. And I do not have to agree on everything that is being said, but it is my responsibility to work on my character, work on myself in such a way that I can stay close to myself, be real, without making other people responsible for the way I feel. So yeah, that's my look on it. That's the way that I see it. In today's society, it's a very hard topic because everyone has their own vision on what it means to be authentic. Everyone has their own values. Some people really do believe that other people have to go along with their visions, with their ways of seeing the world. And I know that it comes from a good place, but sometimes you have to understand And this is something that Krishnamurti said, and oh, I love that man. He said something like, only by preaching peace itself, you are actually preaching war. And to me, that is so true. Like you can't force people into peace because by forcing them into peace, you are already doing the opposite of what is peaceful. 
that's my look on it. This was episode two of the Words with Danny podcast, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Let me know what you thought of it. If you have other questions that I can answer in the next episode, I would love to. Okay, bye-bye.